Well, good morning. Good to see you today. Welcome home. We are so glad that you're here and you're with us today. I'm excited to say today that it is warm outside, all right? That is awesome. Let's give God a hand. There's no snow. It's not muddy. How many don't like the cold when it gets really freezing? Yep, that's me too. <laughs> hey, I want to celebrate with you just to quickly before we get into our message today, uh, how our church uh, met a need. Back in October, we shared with you that uh, we bus in kids a lot and we use our vehicles all the time. And uh, we were praying about getting a, a people mover to be able to take on long trips because uh, we were finding that a lot of our vehicles were breaking down on those long trips. And so we shared with you a need to purchase a people mover. And two weeks after we shared that need, we were able to uh, pay cash uh, to order a people mover, and it took about two months to build, but it just showed up here uh, a couple of days ago. So let's give God a hand. Thank you for being the hands and feet there. And that's what today's about, is being generous, and we're excited. Uh, it is nice, and you're welcome to go out in the parking lot and look at it. That's what we're talking about last week, today, and next week, is being generous. Uh, this church has had a culture of being generous for as long as I could remember. I came here actually when I was like 10 or 11 years old, and I remember even at that time how generous this church is. Uh, this church has a culture and a history of being generous. And more importantly, it's not just our church that's called to be generous. All believers, people who believe what God is calling us to, um, are called to be Generous, And here's the definition, the working definition that we had for being generous. It's simply this, giving more than is expected or required. Let's read that together. Giving more than is expected or required. If you missed last week, I shared with you that early on in our marriage, I thought I was going to get credit for doing the dishes for Whitney every once in a while. And one time she said, dear... You don't get credit for doing the dishes, just like you don't give me credit for folding the towels. But the other day, she said, oh, shoot, I forgot to get such and such at the store. And I said, I can go get that. She goes, oh, honey, thank you. She gave me credit, not for doing the dishes, which what is expected, but doing a little bit more than is expected. She gave me credit for it. And in our lives, it's the same way. People don't give us credit for doing what we're supposed to do. But it stands out when we do something that's more than what is required. Amen? And so this morning what I want to share with you is there's people all around you that you can do more than what is expected or required when it comes to God's kingdom. And that generosity doing more than what is expected or required is what gives you a platform not to necessarily use words all the time, but for your actions to speak of who God's love is. God calls us to be generous. And last week we talked about being generous with our time. That God calls us to give our time to Him for His purposes. You know, one of the most um, fundamental and most important things that you can give a person is your time. And one of the ways that God calls us to be generous is to be generous with our time. And next week, I'm excited because Pastor Adam's going to be sharing with us how we're supposed to be generous with our treasure or with our finances to resource God's kingdom. But today, we're going to talk specifically about talents. Let's read it together. Be generous with our talents. Did you know today that every single one of us 
has been given at least one spiritual, God-given gift. And as we connect ourselves to God, He begins to, to remove that gift from being dormant or being used for our own purposes to beginning to, to realize what it is that God's calling us to based on our strengths and how we're put together. And He takes those things and He uses them for His kingdom. They're gifts. Adam earlier shared with you, and, and we, we've got a lot of new people here in the last few years, so a couple of names I'm going to mention probably don't mean a whole lot to you because you might not know who they are. But one of them is Francine Thompson, who's in the last days of her life, and we ask that you join with us in praying for her. And then also Ron Albright, who has been a member and involved in our church for years and years. And whether you know those two names or not, they are two of the greatest human beings that you could ever meet. And they are an example of what it means to take your, their, their gifts and their talents and use it for God's kingdom. Francine had the gift of knowledge and she knew the Bible backwards and forwards and was a sweetheart and was kind and was encouraging. And Ron was, was, a, was a, a board member in our church and, and more importantly than having leadership within our church, was one of the kindest men that you would ever meet. And would was an encourager and was just someone that that just loved the Lord. And I had an opportunity to go and pray and say goodbyes to both of them and, and share with them along with other pastors that came. And um, I remember with Ron in particular because he's kind of on his last days for sure. And I was able to look at him and say, and he was still coherent, and say, Ron, I just want to thank you for the influence that you've had on my life. And... And who you've brought into the kingdom. You have finished the race. And what's been neat is to hear that despite Ron kind of going down here, hill physically and mentally the last couple of years being out in um, an assisted living facility. What spoke to the fact that God has been is still using his talents is that the workers out there at the, at the nursing assisted living facility begin to care for Ron over the last two years as, as they do for many patients. And as Ron's kind of entering his last few days of his life, there's workers that are off. They're, they're not, their shift is ended. They can go home. And they're driving back, even though it's not their shift, and sitting out in the lobby in front of where his room is, all emotional. Because one of Ron's greatest talents was the gift of encouragement. And somehow in the midst of his sickness, he would encourage these college students who were workers and these other people, these nurses, and all these different types of people. See, Ron's gift and his talent of encouragement gave him a platform in these people's lives like nothing else can. And I share that with you today because in the same way that, that Ron and many of us, that we know people that have used their talents for God, in the same way that, that God used Ron's talents, He can use your talents and my talents and our gifts to build His kingdom. When you think about a talent, I just want to clarify today real quickly, a talent is something that you are instinctually born with. 
My son, Luke, who's four years old, he can already tell that he's a people person. If you're out in public around him, he'll come up to you. Hey, what's your name? I got a dog. I like cats. Uh, a cheetah can beat up an elephant. My grandpa lives in Fort Scott. I mean, he's just, you can tell right now at four years old that he's, he's, he's outgoing. He's extroverted. He doesn't know a stranger. And on top of that, he's kind of ornery. And when I talk to, to his preschool teachers, and April's one of them, I'll say, you know, how was he? Well, he's kind of ornery. But boy, I sure love Luke. And I share that with you today because you can already see at four years old, he's got a talent or a gift. And not just with Luke, with all of us, we have to decide what we're going to do with that talent or gift. Are we going to use it for our glory? Or are we going to use it for his glory? We all have that choice. Talent, it's set apart from knowledge in that it's not a learned behavior. You know, I'm not a fast person, obviously, but I could get faster within myself. But because I'm not gifted and talented at running, while I can improve within my own speed, I'm never going to be fast. It's not something that, 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 that it was a gift. It wasn't given to me. It's, it's something I can improve on, but it's, but it's not a gift. So when you have a gift or a talent, it's not something that can be just learned, you can strengthen it and you can practice it, but it's something that God gives. The Bible tells us that we're all born with different or distinct talents and gifts that set us apart from each other. If you have multiple kids, you know that we're not all the same. If you have multiple grandkids, you know that we're not all the same. When you discover the talents and the gifts that God has given you, and you use them, this is the key part, to glorify Him, that's what God calls a full or abundant life. See, there are certain things that your spouse or your career or your grandkids, we all love our grandkids, or your children. There are, there are things that none of that can even fulfill. And I would even go so far as to say, just being saved doesn't fill every void in your life. Asking Jesus into our heart saves us, but God has called us to even more. And when, we, when we're saved and we sit and we don't do anything, we can begin to be unfulfilled. So I would share you, with you today, if you would feel like there's something missing in your life, it could be that you need to ask Jesus into your heart. But if you've already asked Jesus into your heart, it could be that you, God is calling you to do more with what he's given you. Our loving Lord wants to feel whole and complete, wants us to feel whole and complete. And it's through our talents and our gifts that we can find our unique calling in life. I worked at uh, Ace Hardware when I was in college. I hated it. Not because my boss was bad or because they didn't pay good. It's because it's not my calling. I can't believe that I get to do what I do for a living. I haven't worked a day since I started because I'm passionate about what I do. And God wants that for all of us. He wants us to find what it is that God is calling you to do. And I believe when you work your passion, you never burn out. You get tired. You need a break. You need a time out. But you don't get burned out. Because you're working what God has given you. And that's how we find our unique calling. So here's today's kingdom principle.
We are called to be generous with our talents to build God's kingdom, not our kingdom. That's a nice little phrase there, but we're, we're tempted to want to do that when God's not first. Because whether God's first or not, we're all talented. Say what you want to say about certain rappers or artists that's lyrics are explicit. We may not, we may not agree with, the, with their lyrics and what they have to say, but sometimes you can't argue that a person is talented. I used to share this story with our students. When I was a youth pastor a few years ago, Eminem was a big deal, and he had all kinds of explicit language. And I would say, I don't agree with his message, but he can rap. Can't argue that. And I've thought many times, what would happen if God, if we would allow God, whatever our talent and gift is, what would happen if we gave God our talent and we allowed Him to take our talent and use it for His glory, not our own? So let's read the principle together. We are called to be generous with our talents to build. See, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament realized this front and center. You ever had to learn something the hard way? I have. That's hot. I realized that. I shouldn't have touched it. Paul had that same situation. Paul was a lot like some of these people that we see that, man, if they'd ever turn their life around and give it to God, they have immense talent. Paul was like that. Paul was zealous. He was passionate. He believed in what he was doing, and he went with it with all of his heart. And his message was to persecute Christians and to denounce Jesus. But while I didn't agree, we don't agree with his message, and we don't agree with what he was trying to accomplish, you had to admire his tenacity. And Paul had an encounter similar, as actually his name was Saul at that time. Saul had an encounter with God that some of us have had and, and we want everyone to have. And in Acts chapter 9, you can read about it. Jesus comes to him and says, what's the deal, man? Why are you against me? And the Spirit begins to speak to, to Saul, and he begins to give his life to Christ. And he says, okay, that same gift and zealousness that I've always had, that same passion. You see, God doesn't change your personality when you, when you give him your gifts. He just uses it for his glory instead of your own. And Paul says, you can have my life. And he says, what you've meant for evil, I'm going to use for good. And your talents and your zealousness, now you're going to use for God. And the Bible tells us that something like scales fell from his eyes. And his sin and other things in his life that had been more important, now God was important and he was able to see. Just like when you, when you take something off and you can see, like a curtain in that back window, if you were to pull it back and see. Those scales were ripped from his eyes and he figuratively and he was able to see. And he went on to do all kinds of things for God. So when he wrote what I'm getting ready to read to you, he, he, he's coming from personal experience. He says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same what? But the same spirit and there are different kinds of service. Several years ago, I don't know what year it was, but as I mentioned earlier, I went to this church as a kid, and Pitt State was in the national championship game. I don't think it was the year they won it. It was like 90 or 92. I know they won it in 91. 
And we were, a bunch of us guys were going to Alabama to watch the game and talking about talents and gifts. One of the talents and gifts that I do not have is the ability to work on a vehicle. I have none. Okay? Zero. My wife would say less than zero. I have none. And our van that we had, we didn't have a people mover. We had an old clunker. Remember that one, Jim? You might have been on that trip. And we were driving. I don't know where we were at. And all of a sudden, start smoking and all this. I'm thinking, we're going to walk because I'm going to that game. And Randy Page, who attends our 830 service, has been good friends with my dad for years. They built a bass boat together and all kinds of things. Randy pops out and he starts using words I don't know anything about. Oh, this is this and that and that's wrong with it and we just need to get this part. Within 15, 20 minutes, we were back on the road. There are different kinds of what? There are different kinds of service. Randy doesn't claim to preach, and I don't claim to be able to work on a car. But when we use whatever God's given us for his kingdom, we're building his kingdom. Amen? God works in what? God works in what? God works in different ways. Paul says, by all means save some. I remember this elderly gentleman that pastored in St. Louis, Udell Moss. He would try to share Jesus with people, and I said, tell me how you would do it. And he says, I have a yo-yo. I said, what? He said, when I was a children's pastor, I had a yo-yo. And this was years ago. He's passed away now. He's probably close to 90 when he died. He said, I'd just go to these areas, and I'd just sit there in the middle of the square, and I'd just do that yo-yo, and pretty soon those kids would come over. And I just start talking to him about a yo-yo and how there's ups and downs to life. I'm like, go ahead, finish. (laughs) I've never used a yo-yo. He used it all the time. There's different kinds of ways. A spiritual gift is given to each other for a purpose. So that we can glorify ourselves. So that we can get the credit. It doesn't say that. Let's read it. So we. Let's say that like we mean it. So we. So we can help each other. You were given a gift. To help people. And all of them don't have your last name. Related to you. You were given the gift of construction not just to build your house. You were given the gift of encouragement not just to encourage your children, although you need to. You were given talents of listening and letter writing and whatever. Not so that you could build your kingdom. Not so that you could feel good about yourself. Not so that you could just help your friends. You were given that gift to build his kingdom. Paul, he goes on about it. He compares uh, the church to the body. He says in Ephesians that the head of the body is Jesus. The brains, right? The best part. 
That's Christ. He's the head. But then he starts describing that the rest of the body, that's why you can bring drinks in the sanctuary because the temple is not this church, this sanctuary. The temple is here. And every part of the body is designed for a purpose. I used to think I was the armpit of the body for some reason. I guess there's a purpose for that. But every part of the body has a function. Our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part, check this out, talk about, you want to talk to people about low self-esteem and thinking they're, they need to be somebody else. God has put each part just where, just where, I've told God before that when he was putting me together, I wish he would have added, and musical talent. Waylay that thing, man. I can't play. I can't sing. Isn't there a song by Aerosmith? I can't dance. Yeah, I can't do any of that stuff. America's Got No Talent is a show I would go on. But you know, there's another saint in our church named Pat Heffley. When I was a kid, and she was standing, sitting right back here, and we used to do these testimony things where they'd stand up. And she said one time, if you put yourself down, you're putting God down. I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't play the guitar. But evidently, God didn't want me to. Jeff Simpson comes up here every once in a while and he'll paint stuff. He came to me one day and he goes, I wish, he goes, I don't know how you speak like that. I stopped him in mid-sentence and I said, I don't know how you paint like that. It amazes me that he can just look at something. So many are like this and just be artistic. I can't draw a stick figure. But how strange it would be if we were all painters or we were all singers or we were all runners or we were all good at sports or we were all good. You see what I'm saying? How strange it would be, Paul says. God has placed you And put you together how you're supposed to be put together. Whatever your talents and gifts are. Don't put them down. Don't wish for something else. He gave them. He hand customized them for you. However, here's the warning and the disclaimer. If God's not first, our talents will be used Because you still have them. But they'll be used to build your kingdom. Instead of God's kingdom. To much is given. Much is required. And what he has entrusted you with. It's an honor and a blessing to have it. But what this whole series is about is realizing we are called to be good stewards of it. See, the gifts and talents were not given to you so you could pat yourself on the back. The gifts and talents were given to you so you could pat God on the back. So there's a few things we need to know real quick. Every believer has been given a spiritual gift for a purpose. I don't care who you are. If you say to me, I don't have any then you don't understand who God is. 
He has given you a gift. I don't know what it is. I can live with that question. We can find that out. You can find that out. But you have one. In fact, I would say all of us have more than one. As I said earlier, our spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. In February, February 21st, February 28th, and March 7th, we're going to have a life uh, strategy workshop. We have them every once in a while. All these classes you hear, Starting Point, Foundations, Momentum, they're just like a college syllabus. They're just going to keep rotating through. They're used to help grow us. And during that class, you'll be given a spiritual gifts test where you can figure out kind of what your gifts are. I told you earlier, my gift is not to work in the nursery. I know that right now. I want you, we want your children safe. But you can attend that. If you don't want to wait that line, go online. Get a hold of Pastor Adam. We'll give you a, a test that you can take to figure out where you're gifted at. I heard Noel George, who's a friend of mine, say sometimes, you know, God's called us all to be on the bus, but sometimes he's calling us to move seats. Sometimes we think we belong in this seat, but really if we're listening to God, he's calling us to this seat. So are we using our talents for God's purposes or our own? And I would ask you that and I would ask me that. Are we using our talents to glorify God or to glorify ourselves? Let's read it. Are we using our talents for God's purposes? Your gift, your talent was given to you to bring glory to God Period. Sometimes, I know this is hard to believe, but sometimes my family will, when they have extra food that they ate somewhere, my wife will have Noah or Grace or Luke say, now write your name on that sack and put it in the fridge because your dad will eat it if you don't. (laughs) Can you believe that, Tommy? That's not even true. And what God is saying is write my name on that sack. Because if you don't, you won't know you're doing it. You'll write your own name on there. And you'll use it for your purposes and not mine. Peter says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. He goes on and for a while... Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies. Gracie's on this upwards basketball team over at Countryside, and that's, it's been growing the last couple of years. More and more kids are getting involved in it. And they do a testimony at halftime, and at halftime we're losing by four points. And while the guy's in the middle of the court telling them about Jesus sitting around him, I, I'm half listening to him, and I'm just I'm being real honest with you. I'm thinking less about God. I'm thinking, we are down by four points. I hate losing. So after the speech was over and they kind of came over, I said, guys, I said, you guys are doing the right things, most of you. And I pointed out the ones that weren't. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And I said, I know you're doing the right things, but do it as hard as you can. Do it with all your heart. Don't just jog down the court. Run down the court. Don't just kind of go in front of the guy with everything you got. We won the game. I think sometimes God is telling us with the talents and the gifts that he's given us 
You're doing all the right things. You're going to go to heaven. You, you, you love the Lord. You come to church. But do it with all your heart. Do it with everything you got. Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. I don't have enough strength and energy, but when God supplies it, then everything you do will bring bring glory and honor. Let's read it. To God. To God through all glory and power to all glory and power forever and ever. Every more, every day that our, our staff gets together, and especially on Sundays, we pray, God, do something in here that only you can get credit for. What would happen if whatever your talents and gifts are, you would do it for God and you would do it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? I was at a leader cast conference and Peyton Manning was speaking and there's no doubt that Peyton was talented but what made him special and what makes all those guys special and different people that are really good at something is when you take the talent and you take the effort and you take the preparation and you put it together everybody wants to watch that when you take a life that's connected to God When you take an effort that says, I will do whatever it takes. And you take those two things and you, and you start to push it into what you're good at and what your strengths are. Everybody is attracted to that. And God gets the glory. So here's the question. Are we using our talents for God's glory or our own? We are responsible. Number three. We are responsible and accountable. Here's the teeth of the sermon. Okay? You know, Jesus was grace and truth. He'd pat you on the back, but he'd also tell you how it is. This is the tell you how it is part. We are responsible and accountable for using our talents to bring glory to God. Let's read it. We are responsible and accountable for using our talents to much is given. Much is required. Do you know a coach can make a person's life or they can ruin their life? Did you know a teacher can make a child's day or make a life or he, they can ruin a life? Parents, did you know you can, you can build your kids up and, turn, and, and shape them in a way or you can tear them down and build them in a way? To much is given. Much is required. Jesus understood this and he talked in parables and stories and he tells this story to illustrate what I'm talking about. He said the kingdom of heaven, what it looks like to be in the kingdom of God, it's illustrated by this guy who goes on a long trip and he he has a bunch of servants, so evidently he's a rich man. He tells these three servants to come to him. He says, I'm going to go on a long trip and I want you to, I'm going to entrust you with my money while he's gone. So the first guy who's who has lots of gifts and abilities in that area, he gives him how many bags of silver? Five. Next guy, who's got different gifts and abilities, he gives him how many bags? Two bags. And this person over here has a different set of gifts and abilities. How many does he give him? He gives him one bag, and he goes on this long trip. 
And while he's away, the guy that had the five bags with all the gifts and abilities, he decides to invest those five bags, and they become how many bags? Five more, doesn't it? Now, my math's not that good, but I think that's ten. And then this guy that had two bags, while he's gone, he invests those bags, and he has how many more? Two. Two plus two is four. Hopefully you got that right. Of course, the last guy, he's got one bag. He says, I'm going to be different. I'm going to move to fear instead of faith. I'm going to dig a hole. And I'm going to put my master's money in there. Well, here's the problem. The boss comes home to give an account. You know, we're responsible and accountable. And he meets with the first two guys individually, and they tell him the same story. We, we doubled what you had. We took your talents and we doubled it. And so Jesus says in the story, he says, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you what? I will give you. If you're not using what God's given you, he's not going to give you more. Then he says, let's celebrate. Then he talks to the other guy. Finds out that he didn't do anything. I think one of the saddest things someday when we stand before God are those that when God made him, it's like, this is what I gave you. I gave you this strength. I gave you this gift. And you didn't do anything with it. So he takes those gifts and resources and he said, if you're not going to use them, I'll give them to the guy over here that's making it happen. Throws them into the darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a pretty traumatic story. But let me tell you, we are held accountable for what God's given us. So are we using our talent or are we burying it? Now you have a time clock in your head and when I'm supposed to be done. But stay with me. Let's read this question. Are we using our talent? You can't say you don't have one. We all have them. John says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life, not just some life, but they may have it to what? The full. Something's missing in my life. See, God's vision of a full life includes using our talents for Him. We are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ so that we can do good things that he has planned for us when you were in your mother's womb. Whether you or mom and dad were Christians when you came into this world or not. Whether you were abused and molested when you came into this world or not. Whether your daddy was a drunk and your mama was a drunk and you've been a drunk. It doesn't matter what your story is. When you were thought of, when you breathe. That's why we just did sanctity of life. You saw that thing up there. God planned you. He breathed life into you. And he has given you a plan and a purpose. Not to glorify yourself but to do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. Are we living out God's vision of a full life or are we living out our own vision 
of a full life. I'm done. Just have more to say today. We are called to be generous with our talents. To build God's kingdom. Not ours. So may you get involved in building God's kingdom. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to try to bait and switch you. We would love for you to get involved in serving. We've got so many areas that we need people serving. God's calling you to serve. But can I tell you, we don't want you to get involved in just pit and as. We're not trying to bring glory and honor to our church. We want to bring glory and honor to God. You don't have to sign a form to share Jesus with somebody at your work. You don't have to sign a form to go and be salt and light to those around you. Hopefully that you'll do that and you'll sign a form. But you don't have to. God's calling us to build his kingdom. So here's my question as we close out. Some of us won't even let ourselves answer this question because we've already said no. But what would happen if you would give God your talents and gifts and we would all do that? What would happen not to this church? What would happen to this community? I'm going to ask you this real quick. What would happen not to this church? I mean, that would be a byproduct, obviously, but more importantly, what would happen to our community? If every one of us would give our talents and our gifts to God. Not so the church could get the credit or you could get the credit, but so God could get the credit. So as we stand today, here's our closing song. It's called Build Your Kingdom Here. Could you make that your prayer? Build your kingdom here. If you'd like to get involved, we've got a couple tables out there. Or you can go to our website, give and serve, and sign up to be involved. But more importantly, Lord Jesus, I pray today that you would help us, Father, to use our talents to reach others. We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, all the people said, Amen. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come and aid us. church and we need your power in us we seek your kingdom first we hunger and we
we thank you today for who you are. Father, thank you for the culture of generosity that as we put ourselves next to you and we seek you and you move in us, you give us that. Lord, may we love on the people around us with our time. May we love on the people around us through our strengths and our abilities. Father, thank you today for every person that's here. May we submit our lives to you. And Father, thank you that our life is fulfilled as we live out how you put us together. We give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.